Good morning. I want to welcome everyone here this morning. Hey, let's do something real quick this morning. If you would stand up and take just a few minutes, not five or ten minutes, okay, just, just a couple of minutes, and greet the person next to you. Welcome them to Central. Go ahead. It's great to see everyone here this morning. Of course, we want to welcome all of our visitors and guests. We want to welcome those of you who are joining us live online as well. It's always so good to have you worshiping with us. We're beginning a new series today, and I want to begin by telling you a story about a newspaper that dispatched a reporter to go and cover a very unique story about a bride-to-be. You see, the bride was 85 years old. This was her fourth marriage. And she was getting married this time in a funeral parlor. And as she was being interviewed by the reporter, she said, look, all four of my marriages were a part of my intentional plan for my life. She said, the first guy that I married was a banker. The second guy that I married, well, he was an actor. And the third guy that I married, he was a preacher. And this time, I'm marrying a funeral director. And so all of this was a part of my plan. And, and the guy who's doing the interview, the reporter, he's just kind of, you know, wondering where is all this going? And so finally he asks, he says, I'm, I'm just not following. How is all of this a part of your plan? And she said, well, she said, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. Absolutely. Pretty good, right? Now, there is a point to this story. There comes a day for every single one of us, as long as the Lord doesn't come first, right? But, but there comes a day for every single one of us where we have to go. The, the Bible is very clear about that. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Each person is destined to what? Is each is each uh, destined to die. So write this down with me this morning. All of us have an expiration date. From the moment we were born, we live under the shadow of death. And, and probably no one realized that more than a guy uh, in the Old Testament by the name of Moses. I mean, for years, he went to one funeral after another. 
You, you see, Moses, he had this, this one dream and, and this one passion. And that was to get the children of Israel, God's people, out of Egypt into the land that God had promised them, which was the land of Canaan. And man, he gets them right up on the border of Canaan, and then God judges Moses' generation of peers to be unfaithful and unworthy of possessing the land of promise. And, and really, if you go back and you begin to study why, it was because the people, they were ungrateful. And, and they were unfaithful. They were constantly griping and complaining. And they had no faith in God. And so God said, guess what? You're not going into this land. I am, I am taking back this land that I was going to give to you. And so God gives to Moses this job assignment. He says, I want you to walk around in circles until every person that's a part of your generation dies. And that's what happened. Right? For, for over 30 years, Moses went to funerals, dozens of them, every single day as more and more of his peers passed. I mean, it was one funeral after funeral. It was one more memorial after memorial until every single one of his peers were dead. And that was really heavy for Moses. And so Moses wrote a song. Look at Psalm 90. Verses 1 and 2. I can't see that far, Jeff. My mic is not on. It's on. Y'all give me one second, okay? Testing 1, 2. You want me to stay behind the mic? Okay. I apologize, guys. But we do have people who are watching online, and we want them to be able to hear as well, so I will try and contain myself, which is really hard for me to do. You guys know that I love to walk, and, and I'm, I'm a pacer. But notice, notice what Psalm 90 verses 1 and 2 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now this is what I want you to see in the outset. God is not some new invention. In fact, you realize that God does not have a birth date. Did you realize that? And, and as Moses reflected on all these funerals that he was having to go to, he was overwhelmed with appreciation for the eternality of God. That God just is. That there was never a before God and there is never going to be an after God. That God has always been and will always be. And so Moses is going to all these funerals of, of people who were, but now they're not. But God is, and he starts to compare the eternality of God with the frailty of man. The foreverness of God with the, finite, with the finiteness of man. And, and so notice what he goes on to say in verse 3. He says, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. 
A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up noon, but by evening it is dry and withered. You know, there are all these metaphors in the Bible for what, yeah, you can bring it on up, for what our life is like. And every single one of these metaphors emphasize shortness. Appreciate that, Jeff. Every single one of these metaphors emphasizes shortness. For, for example, let me throw a, a screen up here. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Your life is like the white church. Okay, so we're like the morning fog, which is here for a what? For a little while, and then it is, it's gone. You see, we have a start date, and we have an end date, and guess what? There's, there's very little in between, right? Our life is short. That's why the Bible compares it to a morning fog or a breath or a shadow or a mist or a, a vapor, right? Our life is very short, but oftentimes we don't think about this because in our particular culture, we have more resources than most. Right? We've got all kinds of toys and trinkets and we have social media and, and we've got Hulu and Disney Plus where we can binge watch for days all of these movies and series and, and all of these things that we're surrounded by in the world. Well, it can distract us from the shortness of life. And this is common, but it's not wise. You know, in the Jewish Talmud, men are instructed to repent the day before they die. Which causes us a question, well, how can you do that when, you know, most of us, we don't know when we're going to die. And that's the whole point. We don't, right? And so every single day, we have to live as if today is our last. As if tomorrow we may not be here. Because the Bible says we're a fog. We're just a vapor. And so Moses goes on to say in verse 10, he says, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they, white church, they quickly pass and they fly away. Now what I find interesting about this is Moses says to the people, at best, right, we, we have 70, maybe 80 years. Okay, now that was thousands of years ago. We fast forward thousands of years to today, right, where we've got all this technology and we've got all this medicine. But guess what? The average lifespan for most people, is 70, 80 years, right? And so what I want you to do this morning is I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to look them straight in the eye, and I want you to say, you don't have long to live. 
Okay, now some of y'all are enjoying that a little too much, okay? Now, if you're young this morning, and, and when I say young, I'm talking about those who are age 30 and below, okay? You're probably not connecting with anything I'm saying this morning. You're probably thinking in your mind, what are you talking about, Slade? Man, I've got all the time in the world. I, I've got a long time to live. I used to think that too. But man, time has flown quickly. Doesn't it? And, and the older you get, it, it seems like the quicker it, it passes. And, and I'm here to tell you, young people, listen, when you get to be my age, you become a part of a generation that can hurt themselves sleeping. I was at the hospital just the other day in Lakeland, and Jane Green was, was being helped to her bed by a nurse. And she got into bed and she was hurting so bad. And I said, are you okay? And she says, yes. She said, I'm just, I'm getting older. And she said, my body is just falling apart. And I said, I know what you're talking about. I said, I can hurt myself sleeping. And the nurse who was helping her into bed just busted out laughing. She says, I know exactly what you're talking about. She said, people ask me what's wrong with your neck or what's wrong with your back. And she says, I'll look at them and say, I slept on it wrong. Right? That's what you have to look forward to. Listen, here's the truth. We have nothing to do with the first date. And we have no idea when the second date is going to be. And so all we have control over is this little portion here, the dash. Our life. In fact, you may want to write this down. We get to decide how we will spend our lives. And that's important because that's a choice that each and every one of us has to make. We get to decide how we're going to spend it. And if we're going to spend our lives well, then there's some things we have to understand. Look back at verse 12 now of Psalm 90. Moses says, teach us to, why church? to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Notice, notice what Moses says here. Listen, if we are going to live well, then guess what? We've got to have wisdom. You say, what kind of wisdom? Well, the wisdom to number our days. The wisdom to count our days so that our days will count, right? Because the real tragedy is not that everyone is going to die. The real tragedy is that many of us are not living while we are alive. You know, you go back to the story of Moses and the children of Israel and their wondering. And it's just kind of interesting because there is no recorded event in the history of Israel during their wondering time. Did you realize that? For years and years and years, they just walked in circles. And they went to funerals. In other words, there was nothing significant 
that they were doing. And it became heavy to Moses. And he said, oh God, he says, give us wisdom. He says, teach us to number our days. Now, here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom does not protect us from a wounded life. Okay? And that's important to know. Don't let anyone tell you, listen, if you will just line up your life with the will of God, you won't experience any pain or any suffering. No, that's not true at all. Wisdom will not protect us from a wounded life, but it will protect us from a wasted life. I hope none of us want to live a wasted life where we just go through the motions just existing. On, on Thursday night, I, I had a chance to go to a hockey game. And we had the cheap seats, man. We're, I mean, we're in the nose bleed section. And because of that, I mean, I, I knew we were in the nosebleed section because surrounding... Uh, surrounding our family was all college students, right? You know, kids with no money, and I'm sure that they were probably offered a deal, five, you know, $15, $5 a ticket, whatever college it was. We were surrounded by college students, and I can't tell you how many of them were drunk. They were what we like to call wasted. And they're throwing things, and I can't tell you how many times the lady who was in charge of our area had to come up there and, and get on to them. And, and man, you could just tell they were wasted. They were out of their mind. They probably won't even remember the game. And, and as I was thinking about that this week, I'm thinking, man, what a game it was. Like one of the things that is very rare in hockey is to actually be at a game where it goes into overtime and then eventually it ends up in a shootout. I mean, it's, it's a rarity. And that night, on Thursday night, the lightning went into a shootout. And I'm thinking about all those college students who probably won't even remember it. And it's like, what a waste, man. That was such an awesome game. How many of us want to live a wasted life? Listen, I know that this series has the potential to be viewed as morbid. But I want you to understand that's not the intention. The intention is to encourage us, each and every one of us, to really live. You know what I'm saying? How many of us want to really live? I think about the game of chess. My family, we love the game of chess. And one of the reasons why I love the game of chess is to be good at it. I mean, you've got to put some strategy behind it. You have to think several moves ahead. Right? I mean, if you're going to win the game of chess, if you're going to be good at chess, you have to to think about every move with the end in mind. And in a spiritual sense, how many of us do that? How many of us are living the one life that we have on this earth with the end in mind? 
Listen, realizing that our time is limited should motivate us to make every move in life with the end in mind. And and I'm not talking about time management, okay? What I'm talking about this morning is life management. Because we want to really live these days that we're alive. But in order to do that, it's going to take wisdom. And some of you say, well, where do we get this wisdom? Well, we need to get it from the one who is beyond time, who authored time, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Listen, if you want to know how to spend your life, talk to the one who has no start and who has no finish. I think about what... David said in Psalm 39, verses 4 through 7, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire life is just a what church? A moment to you at best. Each of us is but a what church? Breath. We are merely moving what? Shadows and all of our busy rushing Ends in nothing, and we'll come back to that. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Oh, Lord, give me wisdom. And and when we start to live our life understanding that we are a, a vapor Uh, A breath, uh, a shadow. Uh, There are a couple of priorities that will become extremely important in our life management. And here's the first. Every day is a gift. One of my favorite movies that I like to watch on occasion is Alice Through the Looking Glass. And at the beginning of that movie... She's really very negative about time. She says time is a thief. And and she's upset about time because she feels like time takes everything from her. It took her father from her. But by the end of the movie, as she begins to reflect upon her life and the, the gift of life, she makes the statement, I used to think, that time was a thief, but she says, now I realize it's really a gift. It's all in how we use it. Are we wasting it? You know, you know we, we hate to see people waste money, don't we? I mean, how many of you, and I'm not, well, I'm not going to ask you how many of you bought a, a lottery ticket here recently because uh, I know that the stakes were pretty high. Um, here, here of late. But anyway, how many of you get so frustrated you shake your head when these people, they win the lottery and then a couple of years later they file bankruptcy? Or how many of you get frustrated when you see a pro athlete who's given a $50 million contract and a couple of years later, right, that pro athletes no longer playing sports and they are arrested for selling drugs because they had wasted all of their money. You see, there's something that can be wasted that's more precious than money, 
And that's days. That's time. And some of you say, well, time is money. No, it isn't. Time is much more valuable than money. Did you realize that? Because here's the deal. If you lose money, you can make some of it back. But did you realize that when you lose time, you can't get it back? Those days, that, that time is lost. And so go to the hospital and find a person who's about to die and ask them which they had rather have, dollars or days. And I guarantee you already know the answer to that question. How many of you think that people are going to die this year? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. Now, how many of you think you're going to die this year? Raise your hand. It's kind of interesting. Moses doesn't say teach us to number our years. Because that's what we typically count, right? Is, is years. But God's word says that every day counts. And, and it's a gift. I mean, we, we woke up this morning and, and by the grace of God, we were able to take oxygen in our lungs, right? And by the grace of God, we had the energy to rise up and to put our feet on the floor and to actually stand up. Listen, God gave us Today, it is a gift. And let me tell you something, guys. We need to enjoy it. Because we don't know if we're going to get tomorrow. All we are promised is today. It's a gift. It's a grace. But some of us are tempted to waste today with when-then thinking. And some of you say, well, what's when then, what's when then, uh, then thinking? Well, how many of us have said, well, when this happens and when that happens, then I will be happy. Then I will have joy. Then I will enjoy life. When I get that raise, when I get that girl, when I get that house or that car, then I will be really living. For some, their favorite day of the week is someday. But do you know what God's favorite day of the week is? Today. He says it over and over and over again in His Word, right? Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the white church? Day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Say it out loud. Rejoice and be glad what? Today, right? Today is the day for rejoicing. We don't know how long our life is going to be. And so let me tell you something. If there is any happiness in us, it needs to come out. If there's any joy in us, we need to let it out. Today is a good day to rejoice. Also, today is the day for repenting. Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, why church? Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. And guess what? He doesn't just say it once. He says it three times. 
here in the book of Hebrews. Because I think all of us have had those times right, where God has confronted us. He has convicted us. And He has said to us, I want this to change in your life. I want you to alter your course. I, I know that you're heading in this direction, but I want you to stop. And I want you to start heading in this direction. And I don't mean next week. And I don't mean tomorrow. I mean today. Because I think all of us know that every time we delay obedience, as the Hebrew writer says, our hearts get harder. Right today, if we're going to make some changes in our lives, it, it needs to start today. But then also, today is a day for getting saved. Right? You look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And Paul writes, for God says, at just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation. I helped you. Indeed, the right time is what, church? Now. Today is the day of what, church? Of salvation. Today, some of you need to make the decision to give your life to Christ. You do. Some of you need to put on Christ. In baptism, having all your sins washed away. And, and listen, please don't use the excuse, well, I don't want to go down in front of everybody. I, I don't want to be seen by everybody. Listen, I've told you guys before, you don't have to. If you want to be baptized, I'll run everybody out here. Uh, I, I will close the doors and it can be just you and me or you and your family. Listen, it doesn't have to be in front of everybody. The main thing is that you give your life to Jesus. There's been a lot of people over the last couple of months right here at Central who've given their lives to Jesus. And some of you need to do the same. Somebody right now is listening to my voice and they're thinking, I need to give my life to Jesus. And I guarantee you, the devil is whispering in your ear saying, you are absolutely right. Someday. And the Spirit says, no, not someday. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Because here's the truth, our days are numbered. And, and so we don't want to waste a single day, right? We want to live. Barbara Brown Taylor uh, tells a story about a professional or a uh, professor um, who is speaking at a military base. And they send a soldier to pick this professor up at the airport. And, and the guy's name, the soldier's name, was Ralph. And as the professor and Ralph were on their way to baggage claim, Ralph kept disappearing. Like he was over here helping a lady with her luggage, and then he was over here helping someone, you know, navigate the airport, giving out directions, and he's over here and he's over there, and finally he shows back up with the professor, and he's got this big smile on his face, and the professor asks him, Ralph, how did you, how did you learn to live like this? And Ralph said, Vietnam. During my tour of duty, I was assigned to clear minefields. I watched friends blow up in front of me. 
You never knew when you picked up your foot and put it down if you would ever take another step. And I learned to get the most out of every moment between the steps. We want to make the most of every moment. But in order to do that, there's something important we've got to, we've got to learn. The important must trump the pressing. Right? There, there are things that are, that are going to be pressing in our life that's, that's pulling us away from, from, what's really ma- from what really matters. I, I love this quote by uh, Bill Watterson. This is the guy who is the cartoonist for Calvin and Hobbes. But I love what he, what he wrote. He said, God put me on this earth to accomplish a certain number of things. And he said, and right now I am so far behind I will never die. How many of you can relate? You know, here's the reality. We're never going to be able to do everything we would like to do in life. Julie and I, this week, we had a date night. And we were just sitting around talking. And uh, we just started talking about all the places that we would like to visit. And as we began to talk about all these places we would like to visit, we basically got to the point where we started laughing because we both came to the conclusion that's never going to happen. We, we don't have enough time to do all the things that we want to do. We're going to have to make some choices. And if we don't, And guess what? Life's going to make them for us. We don't get to save one ounce of time. All we can do is invest our time. And so let me ask you a question. I told you guys we were going to come back to this. Are are you really living or are you just rushing? You know, a lot of people look at rushing and busyness as being life. Like this is how you know that, that you are really living because you're busy and you're rushing and, and you're, you're doing. But go back to what David said in Psalm 39. That's not necessarily living. Moses said that God who is from everlasting to everlasting can give us wisdom to discern what is really worth our time. And that's where we have to get to. I mean, we we look at Jesus. You know, Jesus lived half of that average age of, of lifespan, right? I mean, he lived into his 30s. But here's the thing. We never see Jesus in a hurry. We we never see Jesus too busy for someone. We never see Jesus rushing to get to one more place, and yet He accomplished everything that God wanted Him to do. Did you hear that? It's not about doing everything we want to do. It's about doing what God wants us to do. And I can promise you, we have time. In fact, you may want to write this down this morning. We have time to do everything God wants us to do. 
You say, but, but Slay, you know, I, I'm, I am just so busy. I, I mean, I would love to study my Bible more. I'd love to pray more. I would love to come to worship more. But I am just, no, 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 no. We have time to do everything God wants us to do. Well, Slade, I would just love to spend more time with my family, but you don't... Uh, no, 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 no. We have time to do everything God wants us to do. Well, Slade, I know that our marriage needs work, and I know that we need counseling, but I just don't know how I'm going to fit this in. No, 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 listen. We have time to do everything God wants us to do, and I think deep down inside we know that. Right? We know that someday when we stand before the Lord, we won't be able to say, God, you weren't fair. You had all these expectations for me and just didn't give me the time to see them through. Listen, we don't need more time. We need more wisdom to use our time well. And so I want to give you some homework this morning. I want you to take one thing off of your someday list this week. This is my personal cell number and my email. I also have Messenger. And, and I want you to text me or email me what that is. I, I want you to take one thing off of your someday list. It, it may be that you need to apologize to someone. It may be that you need to forgive someone. It may, it may be that you need to make a lifestyle change. It may be that you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. But this week, one thing, take it off your someday list because you're wise. close out with this. Imagine there's a bank that credits your account each morning $86,400. It carries over no balance from day to day. Every evening deletes whatever part of the balance you fail to use during the day. What would you do? Draw out every cent, of course. Well, each of us has such a bank. Its name is time. Every morning it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night it writes off a loss, whatever of this you fail to invest to a good purpose. It carries over no balance. There are no rollover minutes with God. It allows no overdraft. Each day, it opens a new account for you. Each night, it burns the remaining day. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There's no drawing against tomorrow. You must live in the present on today's deposits. Invest it as to get from it the utmost in health, happiness, and success. The clock is running out. Make the most of today. Let's pray. Oh God, please give us wisdom.
to number our days. We're just so grateful for the gift of today. And God, we know that we're just, we're surrounded with opportunities to do big things for you. Help us to take advantage of that opportunity. Father, we're, we're just so grateful for the gift of life. Father, help us to see it as a gift instead of a drudgery that oftentimes we complain and, and gripe about. Father, help us to see how you want us to live. Help us to see the things that you want us to do. And we are praying this prayer in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, if there's someone who needs to respond to the invitation, um, you can come forward and we will pray for you, whether it's something that you're struggling with right now. It can be uh, something uh, that you're struggling with in your life spiritually, or it may be someone here today who wants to put on Christ in baptism, or, or it may be of a private nature and you can leave something on the cross this morning and our elders and myself will pray over these. Or if you want to talk to me personally after the lesson today, listen, I would love to talk more with you about Jesus and your relationship with Him. But if you need to respond, why don't you come as together we stand and sing.